56, I forgot to look up the number episode. Hey! hey, uh, hey. This is the end time episode. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. What the? <laughs> hey, this is episode three year, bro, on a dot. Oh, is it? Oh, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. As yeah. far as weeks. As yeah. far as weeks, bro. Yeah, as far as weeks, weeks go, year. Yeah, this is, yeah, 52. Mm-hmm. So happy mm-hmm. early birthday to us. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. Who, me? Feliz <laughs> cumpleaños a mi. A mi. Happy birthday to us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome to Unspoken Words episode 156 in the mother loving house. How are you guys doing today? Good, good. Good. <laughs> good. Man, I forgot I was trying I was trying to say something cuz I saw a meme it was like Man, I'm gonna butcher it, but he's saying mahalo or something. Man, yeah, I butchered it. Sorry, <laughs> I'll find it though. All good right. talk, good talk, yeah. good, one, good one. Sorry, right. don't delete me. <laughs> don't blast me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, over here to my left, all the way from hell, Jesus, number eighty-three in the place to be. The pod Gotti, he ain't even trying to preach. Randy B, say shoulder. Mahalo. Uh-huh. And over here to my right all the way from Babu. And I know, I know, I know. He is your ace home one. JCB, your favorite Indian. Say shoulder. You know me. I'm the one. Uh-huh. uh-huh. The one that picks his nose. Uh-huh. <laughs> I saw that, huh? Yeah. Seen you eat it, too. Ooh. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> Where'd it go? <laughs> hey, well, and you know table, me. <laughs> Mo hugs, not drugs, all the way from up the road in Arrow Creek. It's great. It's a great honor to be here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I feel like a hero. A hero. A hero. Yep. Uh, so we're here. <laughs> um, yeah, we got our. Uh, what do we got coming up? We got um. We got a masquerade coming up. Yes, next Saturday the twenty eighth. So if you're in and around Billings, Montana, please come on out. Uh, Masquerade Clown Dance. We got adult divisions. We got teenage divisions. We got youth kids divisions. Uh, we got some good payout money coming out to all the people that place. And we also got broke our designs by Brocade is gonna have some merch. She's gonna have some hoodies for the champions. Let's nice. go in each division, and then she's gonna have some merch that the rest of the people can pick from, just like t-shirts and hats and stuff. Okay, so like the second, oh, third, oh. fourth place people. Okay, yeah. yeah, I just talked to her at the at the Rocky Mountain College powwow this past Saturday. Awesome! Yeah, she's all on board. She's excited, and it was cool. Okay, yeah. uh, I even bought a scarf from her. So I didn't bust out oh. my reservation hat and wear that scarf. Free Do it, bro. admission. Oh yes, absolutely free. So come out. I got no reason not to come out. Yeah, all you, all you gotta do is, uh, yeah, 
gas money, come out. Free admission, come right in, find the seat. We're going to get doors open at 6 p.m. sharp. You can't come in any earlier to put down a blanket or anything. No blankets. No, sir. We're ripping all the blankets. We're keeping them. Yeah, so if you sneak in and put down a blanket, we're taking that as a donation. A hoo. A hoo in advance. A hoo. Many a hoo's in advance. A hoo. Yeah. Hey, all right, let's do a quick warm-up here, and then we'll just jump right into it, huh? And we'll get Kevin on the phone. Mr. Capital K is going to join us on the phone. K-Drive. Boom, so. All right, got some funny trivia questions for you all. Shoot it. What is a duel between three people called? A truel. A truel. Exactly. Is it really? Yeah. (laughs) I think we had that before. No. No, we haven't. Okay. All right, fine. Whatever. I'm wrong. You're right. <laughs> Where's all this negativity coming from anyway? Do whatever you want to do. How selfish of me. In the state of Georgia, it's illegal to eat what with a fork? Peaches. Uh, pecan pie. Ice cream. Crawfish. Did I tell you? Yeah. Fried chicken. What? what? Mm-hmm. In the state of Georgia, it is illegal to eat fried chicken with a fork. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Remind me when we go out to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Next time we're out in Georgia. Don't mm. take your utensils. No, sir. What do you got to use, the- then? Your hands. <laughs> you got to use. Got to be a man and use your hands. Got to do it. Whoa. Whoa. Had a visual there. You just got to do it like, remember how they bob for apples? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess you could use your spoon. Oh, yeah. That's not illegal. Yeah. A spork? A spork. Right. Maybe that's why they invented the spork. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. Which Tasmanian marsupio is known for its temper? The devil. The devil. Ah, the Tasmanian devil, to be more exact. Um, Iceland diverted roads to avoid disturbing communities of what? Walruses. I don't know. You got any other guesses? Penguins. There ain't no penguins. <laughs> I thought Iceland or Greenland, right? No, there's only penguins in Antarctica. Oh. Or, well, southern. The southern hemisphere. That's This is north. They have some cousins over there. In, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so, um, some kind of a bird. I don't know then. Elves. Iceland diverted roads to avoid disturbing elf communities. Is that kind of like, that's crazy, huh? Yeah. In public places in the state of Florida, what's illegal to do when wearing a swimsuit? Pee. What's that one dance called when you go like this? <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know, but do it again. <laughs> what, shake your booty? Yeah. <laughs> Remember okay. white chicks? <laughs> that part cracks me up, mate. Have you ever watched white chicks? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm trying to focus here. Okay. Um, Sorry. <laughs> I don't. Hey. Oh, man. I don't know. There's a lot of things that would probably be illegal to do in a swimsuit. Sing. What? Mm. Yep. It's illegal to sing in the state of Florida while wearing a swimsuit. Even on a birthday? I guess so. That's almost as dumb as the chicken one. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
In southern oh. states, I think. Even on your birthdays? <laughs> <laughs> Even on birthdays? Like a pool party? <laughs> Can't even sing happy birthday? Dang, just the rest of everybody. Everybody's citations. Y'all go. Yeah. That's a fine. Here's a fine because y'all wearing swimsuits and singing, and y'all can't sing. Hardened criminals. How long is mm-hmm. New Zealand's 90-mile beach? 90, 90 miles? miles? 20 Probably miles. like half that. 120. I don't know. 50 yards. Ooh, that was close. 55 miles. Oh. What? 55 yeah. miles? 90-mile 90 90-mile 90 beach is 55 miles. Oh, they're New Zealand miles. That's why yeah. they're smaller. <laughs> they're widow ones. They're tiny ones. Widow miles. <laughs> what can be broken but is never held? My heart. A record. <laughs> <laughs> My heart. <laughs> How did you not? <laughs> I don't know. What can be broken but is never held? A uh, record? No. No. A promise. Oh. Okay. <laughs> ah, broken promises. Yeah. Kind of like yes. my heart. I like my heart over here. <laughs> what does. Oh, wait, this is worded wrong. Says what does come down but never goes up. What goes what what goes down but never comes up. What goes down the moon never comes up. Mm-hmm. No, aren't wrong on the moon. <laughs> what uh, what goes down but never comes up. Yep. I don't know. It's right, right there. I know you guys I, know this. I know this too. Uh, Ah, Millie Vanilli blames them. Blame it on the rain. <laughs> yeah, 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 the rain, huh? Rain, rain drops. Yeah, yeah, rain. If we blame anything, let's blame it on the rain. <laughs> blame it on the rain. <laughs> what is measured in Mickey's beer? Disneyland beer. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I tried. I wasn't doing one. Didn't want to say beer. The speed of your computer mouse. Wow, that I sense. never knew that. That makes sense. It's kind of stupid, it but it does make sense. <laughs> it's kind of stupid. Who comes up with these? Uh, oh, that was it. That was it for the oh. funny section. Oh, oh. more icebreaker. Oh, icebreaker. Oh, <laughs> how long do elephants elephant pregnancies last? Two years, thirty six uh, hours. It's close. Not two years though. 36 hours. Holy cow. It's a long time to make an elephant. Is it about uh, a year and a half? 18 months? A little bit more than that. 20 months. A little 20, more. 22. 22. 22 months. Yeah, I knew it was a while. That was my next guess. Mm-hmm. Um, what mammals lay eggs? Dinosaurs. Platypuses. <laughs> yep, that's one of them. There's Chickens. another one. Duck-billed platypus is yeah. one. There's yeah. another. Uh mammal that lays eggs. Just like Yoda said, there's another. There is another. Bullshit. <laughs> You're no Skywalker. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> right, see, I, I, get, I get too distracted. Okay, all right. Ah, oh, shiznit-o-bam, snip-snack-sack. Mammal that lays eggs is... 
That's the only one I can think of. Spiny Anteater. Oh, I'd have never got that. I would have. Yeah. Anteater. Are those even mammals? The name of which African animal means river horse? Uh, hippopotami. Yeah. Hippopotami. Oh, singular. That singular? <laughs> That's actually plural. Yeah. Is it plural? <laughs> is it plural? <laughs> hippopotami. Sure is hot in these hippos. <laughs> need a hard. group of ravens is known as... A murder. A group of ravens is known as... No, that's a group of crows. Is a murder. Uh, those damn crows. Those damn I know. Crows. <laughs> <laughs> Get that all the time. Ah, uh, what is it? A group of ravens. A group of ravens. Is a crew. Uh, Army. Unkindness. What? What? That's what it says. Hey, didn't we do some bird ones a little while back? Yeah, but I never heard that before. Me neither. Hmm. Who the f- who comes up with that? I don't know. That, I think that's, that's the murder one. Him. The murder one got me. The murder. Oh, so, crows. so all the so ravens and crows they get the they get like the bad names yeah. for stuff. I know. Yes, those are our most sacred birds. Oh, <laughs> ravens and crows. Oh, absarokas, absarokas. And there's one guy who's saying Absaroka in his presentation because he said he was crow, he was a Bastila guy. And afterwards, I went up to his table and I said, "Now you totally butchered our name. If you're crow, I said it's Absaroka." He said, "I'm using a mountain crow accent, <laughs> or a mountain crow dialect." And I just looked at him, and I wrote it out and I spelled it out phonetically and I spelled it out how you say it. Yeah, and I gave him that card and I said, "This is how you say it." And I just gave it to him and I walked out of the conference. Dang, should have said. You man, I know. <laughs> he was walking around at the power. Man, I was like, I about slapped him when he said that. Oh, that's I'm funny. I'm using a mountain crow dialect. That's funny, bro. That's so wrong. Full of Balagna. All right, last one. How many hearts does an octopus have? Three, 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 three. Yeah. I knew that. That's pretty good. Yep. I wonder which one he used for, like, relationships. He uses two of them. <laughs> he uses all of them. <laughs> so if he breaks up with somebody, do all three hearts get broken? One yeah. by one. <laughs> one by FIFO, one. first in, first out. <laughs> the first one gets broken when there's trouble brewing. The second one gets broken when she actually leaves. And the third one gets broken when he has to... Live without her. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to say when she has kids with someone else. Well, that too. That too. <laughs> no, that, all three of them shatter at once if that happens. Uh, poor octopuses. Poor octopuses just broken hearted. Oh. Mm-hmm. Be praying for them. Pray for you, octopuses. Oh, pray for you. <laughs> Octopus Oyate. <laughs> our relatives, the yeah, octopus. Our octopus relatives. <laughs> With the three hearts. Our three hearted relatives. <laughs> you have it hardest amongst us. <laughs> That's why you carry three hearts. You guys love too hard. Be in my prayers. Oh, man. I love too hard and you fall even harder. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Damn. 
All right, you know, I think I guess warmed up. Yeah. All right, cool, man. Let's do this. So, DJ, if you're ready, why don't you hit me with that beat? Yo, let's get into our topic. Yo, let's get into our topic. All right, all right, all right. We're here in Unspoken Words, episode one fifty six, with an audience of one. Yeah, we got an audience. Who's who's our special audience? You want to say hello? <laughs> she don't want to say hello. <laughs> we got Leilani Elise in the house. Hey, Leilani! Oh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. You get one of these if I can find it. Hold on. Uh, almost there. Hey! <laughs> It's good to have an audience. She don't want to talk because she got a mouthful of Chinese food. That's all. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. Should have brought some for all of us. (laughs) He pointed at me. (laughs) I got some rice. I'll give you some bait. (laughs) Oh, send it then. Send that little carton around. (laughs) (laughs) Is that like take shots? (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking for uh, Capital K here. Not popping up. Where is he? Tell me to text him. Text him? How are we going to text him? Texas. Oh, there he is. Boney Maroney? I got you guys all um, my phone as your whatever's. Can you turn it up? Uh, Nicknames. Or alter eagles. There we go. Yeah, your handles. So then when I go to find you guys. Hello, is this Capital K? And a what? Yep. Hey, Capital K, you're live on Unspoken Words. How do you feel? And so what is the answer to our trivia question tonight? What is it? What? How many hearts does an octopus have? Yes. Shoot. Six. Six. Oh, oh, oh. Only, only if they're paired up and in love. Yeah. Yep. Only if there's two of them. Six divided by two. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole lot of love. Yeah, six divided by two equals a whole lot of love. <laughs> so they got three, and we are wondering which heart they use for when when they fall in love. Which heart falls in love? JC seems to think it's all three. What do you think? Capital two. They fall in love with two hearts. Yep. Yeah, uh, they saved that other one. <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> they just operate for the heartbreak. Yeah. Ah, that mm. makes sense. That makes so maybe we were thinking about it all wrong. Yeah, I was thinking they only use one. The other two are like for I wonder why service though. work and working in the community, working with people. <laughs> Strange creatures, <laughs> those octopus. <laughs> <laughs> I think we thought about that a little too hard. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe I still so. stand by that. They use all three. Mm-hmm. Same maybe here. they got all those arms know. for hugging yeah. and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See? They got all those arms. Yeah. They probably give the best hugs. Mm. What? Finding, something about Finding Dory. Oh. Finding Dory. Yeah, I remember that. that was a good one. That's oh, he only had seven, though. Their legs? 
Tentacles. Tentacles. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. They're arms, man. They're arms for hugging. Bring it in. <laughs> Bring Come it on in. in. <clears throat> so, yeah, that makes sense that they use all three. Then they got all those arms. A lot of love to give. There's a whole lot of love to give. All right. Can you uh, turn up uh-huh. Capital a little bit? There you go. I try that. Say hey. All right. Tonight, um, Capital, were you able to read the article that I sent to you? Yep. I read it. I actually kind of read more into the next one and the next one. I know. Me too. I, I went to the right because this is like a blog series and this first one. Well, so I'll just read the title of it. And we'll jump right into it, and I'll read a little bit, and then I'll get everybody's reaction. So we're not going to go through all of it, but there's just some points that I thought were key on. Um, But anyway, we'll we'll just get it going. So how to decolonize your mind is the name of the the blog or article. Um, It's at suzyfishleader.com. Is that right? Letter sounds like yeah. I would say fish letter. Fish letter. I like Josiah's letter. Susie Fish. Something. Where's my? But anyway, all right. Here we go. Let me go to the evidence. <clears throat> um, I'm gonna skip down to. There's this part down here. Okay, so I'm gonna. It's like. Under the heading of Decolonize Your Mind, one, two, three, four, five. So it's like the sixth paragraph down that says, Many of us who were born in the United States feel the effects of colonization. Even as individuals, we have been colonized through formal education and learned behaviors. Our minds and bodies have been taken over by deeply unconscious belief systems that came and stayed without our consent. Our beliefs about religion, relationships, food, work, sex, money, leisure, even our understanding of time and space itself were all forced upon us from the, our very first moments on earth. These beliefs often serve to maintain control and force the authority of those who wield the most power, the colonizers. And I want to get everybody's reaction off of that, just that first paragraph that I read there. As far as this colonization is like forced upon us as since the hospital mm-hmm. since we come into you know what I really don't like wake up there's a change. lot there's a lot to love but then at the same time I think like what I've been thinking about is like man life can't be lived this way yeah working five days a week 40 hours a week like I know for the normal person right yeah but it seems like even now with the uptick of like technology and everything, it seems like we get off Friday. We don't even have that day to chill, like check things out. Yeah. We, it's like dinner time, you know, mm-hmm. ready to go to bed or whatever. But for some of us, like that's where we, you know, go to a movie, do, do extracurriculars. But then Saturday we get like a day to do whatever, but that's usually filled up with activity. Oh, yeah. And then Sunday is like a day to like recuperate. Well, like I don't. That's where my thought goes. Like, I don't think life should be lived the way that we've been living it. Yeah. It's like there has to be things like, I feel like, more fruitful. It kind of feels like we're always pressed for time. For me, anyway. No, no, true, man. I feel that. You know, rather than, like, back in the day when I think about, like, where we come from, like, 
we understood times and seasons. We knew where to hunt. We knew where to be. Like, not almost, not like taking your time. Like, we were still productive, I feel like. So, <clears throat> basically, like, there, there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah. Right? There's a time to go out. There's a time to work. There's a time to, to relax. There's a time to play, as it were. Yeah. Yeah, so... I mean, doesn't that come from like uh can you remember? I think it's puritanical work ethic. Is that what it's called? Man, one, one of those. Know. But like they like what they said when you you have the harder you work, the more chance you have to get into heaven. Mm. Basically, in uh, I think that was the term that they used because one of them was uh, um, has to do with your work ethic, and and like you always have to you know the harder you yeah basically the harder you work the you get into heaven yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. What do you guys think? And I do, yeah. I mean, well, <clears throat> I think it, it, we never really thought about it because we know it's always been there. Yeah. Yeah. But like like you said, um, since we were born, from the moment we popped out, like um, there were, you know, non-native doctors and nurses and stuff and uh, telling our parents like, okay, this is how you hold him. This is how you take care of him. This is what you got to do. Or, you know, doing that kind of, uh, I guess, a Western medicine. Not that I'm against any of that per se, but, and then you go to uh, public schools where I don't know, like it's changed a lot since I was a kid. But when I was a kid, man, they had like a paragraph or two about Native Americans in there. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so everything else was that history. There, you know, the the victors get to write the history books, right? Yeah. So everything that we were taught, everything that we learned while we went to school had something to do with that, too. Like, we never saw a representation of ourselves on a daily basis. True. And if we did, then it was always... Remember, I talked about this before. It was like, even if they don't mean it, like, it might be a subconscious thing. Like, if they show... um, uh, on the news, a story about poverty, and then they uh, they show like a reservation or, or oh, another yeah, yeah. another community of color. Yeah, and they, they don't doesn't always happen, but it happens. Seems to me like it happens a lot, and they might not even do it on you know consciously. But we never see that. We've never seen uh, positive representations of ourselves and what our culture means to us. Only when we were you know at home. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. is when we were taught that, and then you know even then too. There's a lot of people that really had to risk their lives and their freedom just to keep that going. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I'll stop right there because I'll keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, this reminded me of a conversation I had with my grandmother not too long ago. I It kind of opened my eyes to how colonized my thinking actually was. Mm. And as controversial as this may be, we were talking about monogamy and relationships and I expressed some, um, how do I say, difficult emotions about it. Yeah. But my my grandma, she kind of put things into perspective for me, and she told me that that was, in fact, a colonized way of thinking. Mm. Because, say, way back when, if there were a man with multiple wives, he would be considered a very wealthy man. Mm. So I, I truly think the, the colonized thinking starts in... I want to say grade school. I want to say that's where you truly feel the indoctrination, if you will. It's where you don't get to learn. Like you, 
like you said about yourself in history books, it's where mm-hmm. you don't get the exposure. Is where you're watching the most TV and you see the least amount of Native Americans. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Like, <clears throat> starts in grade school because, like, they're keeping kids. They kept us inside. It was nice and sunny out. You know? They didn't show us things that inspired us to, like, think beyond what they were trying to teach us and stuff like that. <clears throat> so I totally agree with that. Uh, Capital K, we'll throw it to you. Yeah, that's, I have to agree with, uh, it all started with school too, yeah, because I always think back, like, as we, as you grow older and you kind of go, well, come out of the ashes in your own life and start looking at your own, your own behavior and everything, but, it, you know, you, I start looking back at my childhood and what do you call it, I always think back to, especially coming up on November in the fall, you know, like, here we are in Algee, Montana, you know, all the schools are, we're, we're performing a Thanksgiving play and man. Man. Thinking back about that, that makes me mad, you know? <laughs> hey, you want to go all Wednesday on them. Yep, yeah, get all, what do you call it? That's what I say, like, um, you know, we're just actually covering a lot of this, too, and um, we're wrapping up one of our first blocks here up at Carroll College and just talking about this. This is really a big, huge topic, and I think something they really want to address and cover, you know? And, um, but, yeah, I think, like, the thought of I think there's so much about it with food. Religion's a big one, and I think it's not – I think it goes beyond just even just Native Americans, what happened to us, but it goes like what's, what's going on into how it's marginalizing a lot of different people, you know, like the religious aspect of colonization, you know, there's this, it's complex, man. The more you dig into it, the more you mm-hmm. kind of start pulling back the layers of everything. It's, but I think like, even with like our own recovery, you know, we have to kind of look at our own moral, like, like I say, like an old inventory, like how, and how does the, how does colonization how is it in me and how and what principles am I actually carrying without knowing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it definitely it runs deep. Um and it's gonna be like a lifelong process if you're gonna if you're going down that path. I know it there's like things every day that I see within myself that <clears throat> that colonized thinking that I'm trying to break myself of and one of the things that <clears throat> The reason why I left an organization um, in my past was because of that. Like, I left because, like, they were always saying stuff like, you got to decolonize. But the way they operated was very colonized. colonized. Like, you could only excel if you had a certain degree or a master's and stuff. And I was like, well, you guys are operating under this, but you're saying another one thing and doing another thing. Yeah. So I was like, I'm out. I was like, time for me to find a different job. It's basically like forced learning. Like we learn, we learn what they want us to know. Is that what we're saying? Mm-hmm. And it does start like young. I would even say like Head Start. No, not Head Start because we spoke Crow in, in Head Start, right? Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, we spoke Crow. We were taught all that stuff. But it did really start in like kindergarten. I remember uh, going to the music room and learning all those things that Kevin was talking about. All those songs, the songs that we used to sing. Mm-hmm. Here, here on, like, I forget the name of that one, but Home on the Range, like all those freaking, <laughs> like, corny songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. No, I think that um, <clears throat> I'm going to read this next piece and then we'll keep going. So de- decolonizing means first understanding how the effect of colonization 
have social socialized us and then taking steps to learn what it would mean to think, relate, speak, learn, and simply exist without these effects. <clears throat> there are three early steps we can take to start decolonization, start our decolonization journey. Land acknowledgements, question everything, examine relationships. Um, <clears throat> so it is land acknowledgements. Um, <clears throat> I always like, when I first started hearing like non-native people doing land acknowledgements here in Bellings, I was kind of like, what? Like, why are you doing that? Like, to me, like, I was thinking in that colonized, like, what? Like, why are they doing this? Are they trying to be, like, too, that sounds kind of hokey to me. Like, why are they doing this, you know? Yeah. So, like, you know, they'd start their event and they'd say this is the sick or, what was it, traditional homelands of the Sioux, Crow, Northern Cheyenne, and they would name some other tribes and stuff, and I just listened and I'd be like, what, why, what, why, why are they doing that? Like, I didn't get it, but... I guess not until I started decolonizing my mind. So, like, what does that mean to you, like, for people to do those land acknowledgments when you guys hear them? Because I, I know you guys heard them. They happen a lot now. I think, yeah, I just now recently started hearing about the land acknowledgments mm-hmm. or hearing them in person. But it's like, I mean, at first I appreciated it, but I can also see, like, how it becomes like a tradition. Because the first people that said it and acknowledged it, it meant something to them. But as you go on, it loses its meaning and it loses its value. Mm. You know, like people say it just to say it. It's kind of like, um, I'll, I'll equate it to like the Christian world, right? Like washing yeah. of people's feet. You know, ultimately it's a, a person he, uh, humbling themselves to wash another's feet. But really all that is is symbolic because when you're done doing that, you really don't do anything to <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, no, like no, we I acknowledge see, the land, yeah. like, oh, there's the traditional homelands of the crows, but then we we leave that whatever we're at, and then we don't acknowledge crows. And you don't hire crows at yeah, your organization. Yeah, you don't hire crows. You don't. I, that's what I think. So I wow. think it loses its value over time. Just like tradition, like to the first people that started it, it meant something. But as you go on, it really doesn't have that same meaning. True. No, that's good. Because, oh, good. <clears throat> well, so the thing I would say about that is, is um, I guess on one hand, like, and it's pretty thin too, like the the fact that they're even acknowledging it now, okay, that's great, that's a step forward. But it to me, if you're gonna do that, you might as well just put it all out there and say, okay, this was a traditional homeland of this tribe, that tribe. This is how we got it. This is how we ended up here. This is how we got to build these buildings here. We stole it. We killed people. We murdered them. We displaced them. Mm -hmm. We tried to destroy their culture. We tried to basically commit genocide. Yeah. If you're going to do that, go all the way. Tell the truth. It's Mm. almost like just appearance Mm. for appearance sake, right? Acknowledge Mm. it. Acknowledge how, okay, this might have been, oh, well, then it used to be. So what happened? Yeah. Yeah. Tell them. Tell everybody. I mean, admit it's not like you're going to have to say, oh, you know what? We were wrong here. You can have it back. It's not like it's going to be like that. But at least if you're going to acknowledge something, at least acknowledge how you got it. Mm. Yeah. Tell the real truth. Tell the whole truth. And I think that kind of speaks to American society today where appearances mean more than what's actually going on. Right? True. No, I feel that. Um, can I have it okay? 
I don't know, I think that's a land enlargement. I think it's, I've seen it then, for the most part, uh, they, they'll invite a, someone from the local, like I said, at U of M, they have the Salish come and do it, do a song at the graduation. Yeah. And like at the Pride event, they invite a, someone nearby, I think it was from Browning, for the Pride event, I know they've done that, <clears throat> they've done the land acknowledgement, that's where Native does it. Um, these all of them, yeah, I've seen that so far. I've never seen a non-native do it. So I think I've been fortunate, but it's been going on for a couple of years. And yeah. like I said, for me, it came out of nowhere too. I mean, not say nowhere, but just all of a sudden they started with something that was became a normal practice. But I've been seeing it at the graduations lately. So, uh, But I would think of uh, along the way too, like how, <clears throat> like what's the purpose of, and this goes back and forth with like Indian education for all, how is that supposed to really be, delivered what's the real curriculum you know mm-hmm. and kind of backing up to what the curriculums are you know i mean if you talk to some <clears throat> educators who want to cross that line but i know there's some pretty <clears throat> i'd say they really make sure that they enforce the curriculums they put out there so if someone wants to take an extra step further like <clears throat> like an open-minded teacher it doesn't matter what background, but they want to cross that line and start talking about things. They'll start saying people will kind of start lingering around, listening, watching what you're doing. It's interesting. Mm. I think we get, if they get some education perspective on it too, educators see what their thoughts are on it. No, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Kevin, because my mind immediately goes to like, you know, the funding, the funding that Montana schools get for Native Americans in the school. And we don't see any curriculum uh, aimed towards educating all the people, right? Let alone the natives that are in the community. I, I could be wrong, but I think like the numbers are around 10K, aren't they, for every native student enrolled during census in a public school system? I'm not sure about that. So I said we'd kind of, just kind of question that group, um, especially the natives working in Indian education for all. You know, I think some of it's delivered, right? Yeah. Like, it's supposed to kind of, uh, it's supposed to, I don't know, but the actual real tenants are, I mean, I've been trying to follow up, but you, you get mixed stories, you know, like in Helena, they just, it's kind of more on working on focusing on tutoring for the native kids and making sure they're doing okay. You know, but what, what, well, what's supposed to happen for the whole overall state? What's what message is supposed to be delivered? What are we supposed to be talking about? I mean, I think that's the perfect opportunity to have these conversations. Like what really happened? That's the perfect place to do it, especially as they're, at that mind where they're still spoken up at the age where they're still spoken up information, you know? No, I agree with you guys. I agree with that. <clears throat> um, yeah. Like what everybody's saying here. Jefferson. You got anything? Oh, about, um, land acknowledgements. Oh, land acknowledgements. Okay. Sorry. I thought we were talking about education. Well, however you want to put it, however you want to spin that. Um, and thinking about what he just said, I, uh, okay. So I graduated a lot more recently than anybody else here. I graduated in 2020. <laughs> okay. And, um... COVID year? Yeah, sadly. The first. The first <laughs> COVID kids. Um, She's called old. <laughs> <laughs> in, um, in high school, we um, had... I went to Harlem High School, which is near the Fort Belknap Reservation. Um, it's not on reservation, but it's near it. And they, um have, I believe, like a 96 or 98% uh, enrollment of Native American students. Like, it's it's a majority, 
backwards. Majority of the students are, in fact, Native American, but there are only two available classes that have anything to do with Native Americans, and that would be Aani and Nakoda, like the language classes, and that is then counted as a world language credit. Hmm. Like, like you would take Spanish or French or something. Okay. And then during Native American week, I noticed, or one thing that I've experienced is neighboring schools like, say, Malta, Haver, Chinook, what they did for their... Um, there's there's an actual term for it. It's something along the lines of like, like, like schools in Montana are required to have some form of um, Indian education. Indian education, yes. Yeah. But what they would do is they would come visit like Harlem during Native American Week, and they would sit in on a powwow, and that's that's it. That's all that they would do. That was all the education they got. That was all the education they got. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. Um, speaking about education. The my son was a seventh grader at Lockwood Middle School. His teacher like taught the real history, like made his own curriculum, taught the real history of Montana. And he was coming home and talking about treaties and all this. And I was like, "Whoa, what are you doing?" I said, Where did, "Are you doing your own research?" I said, "What's where's all this information <laughs> coming from?" He's like, "No, my teacher was telling everything." Like he was talking about how our original agency was in Livingston and it was in Missouri. Like he was telling me all this stuff. I was like, man, that's cool. And then at the parent-teacher conferences, man, he'd, like, he'd pick my brain. We'd have these real good conversations. But he got fired. Hmm. Fired for what? Didn't they just, say? They didn't say. Um, and I'm thinking, like, nobody wanted to hire him because, like, now he's just the driver's ed teacher. Huh. But he, like, taught the real history of Montana. That's – well, man, lately – there's a there's I mean we've all seen it in the news man all those battles that they have about parents rights and what they teach their kids and what kind of books you can have like that that's Nazi shit burning books banning books yeah and I wouldn't doubt I mean I don't know but I mean pretty certain parents probably complained and now he's got that on his record that he got fired for teaching the truth didn't stick to the curriculum didn't stick stick to the narrative and that was uh. Uh, a, a predetermined narrative, a predetermined curriculum. Yep. Like, okay, we'll give you Indi- Indian education, but this is what you have to say. Yeah. And this is how you got to teach it. Or, you know, yeah, take your kids to the powwow because, you know, the neighboring schools got a bunch of Indian kids and they're having a powwow, so we'll check that out and you'll be good. You're good. No, that, um, yeah, those, uh, I forgot. I just totally forgot what I was going to say. I lost my train of thought. So I'll just keep going. So the next um, bullet point was question everything. It says, as we continue to decolonize our mind, another early step in decolonizing your mind is to stop and question nearly everything about your very thoughts. Your thoughts are not your own. If your mind has been colonized, even your private most intimate thoughts have been influenced and shaped by the cultural systems we live in. Most of our thinking is unconscious. And while... Being woke is a sort of a joke today. It comes from a very real place of waking up and being aware of the reality of the world around you. I think that's where I'm at. I'm starting to question, like, what, like, my thoughts. Like, why am I thinking this way? You know, initially doing that for my recovery, like, why am I thinking this way? Should I be thinking about this? 
But I stop there. It's like I'm starting to stop there and be like, why am I thinking about this this way? Is this the right way to be thinking about this? Whatever this is. You know what I mean? Because, um, <clears throat> like, I'm starting to, like, I want to I decolonize my mind and, like, think more, um, I guess, having that more holistic approach, like the well-brighty, you know, coming, responding to the situation, circumstances. And I think that's a huge part of, like, recovery is, like, we're so ingrained with all these things and these thought processes and these defeating beliefs and these character defects like we start stepping back and start dealing with these things, coming at these things with some positive affirmations, um, getting out of that reactiveness and responding to these things. It's like going further for me to like, okay, how am I colonized in my thinking exactly. and my actions? Yeah. And I don't want to be that way. So looking for avenues for income so I can do what I want to do. You know, I want to help people get to recovery, stay in recovery. But that scene right now, the only way you can do that is if you're billable for it. And that's a very colonized approach. Anyway, I'll stop there. and You guys can take it from there. <clears throat> so I think there's a lot of dissonance, you know, in the way we think because we get this colonized thinking, but it doesn't mesh well with what's in our DNA, what's in our spirit, what, you know the people that we truly are yeah. because you know we um we see it even in that uh red road to Albrighty book there's those two different um columns remember yeah and what uh natives had there kind of i guess uh, what, what would they be values or thoughts or what but there's two different things and then you know we value one thing and then they value another oh yeah yeah and and so that so yeah there is that dissonance and and, and to me i know that i have colonized thinking because a lot of the thoughts that i have are they make me anxious, mm. right? And, mm. I, and that that goes hand in hand with the fact that I overthink anyway. Yeah, true but, that. But, <laughs> but but the thing is, is like these thoughts are making me anxious. Are you okay? <laughs> it's all right. It was falling apart. Um, so they, they make me anxious. So, but when I start thinking like in in, in ways that are. Um, that are more indigenous, we'll say, and having those kind of uh, 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 a, a, a traditional kind of viewpoint on the on the on the universe around me, then it seems like those thoughts are like then that's when I calm down, like getting because that's what I noticed early on in my recovery. Like I told you guys, like everything was spiritually based. It was I, that's what I based my foundation on, because that's all I had at the time when I first started out. But when I start thinking in those terms and I start calming my mind down and not thinking of like all the all the ugliness like the, the and it's there's a lot of persecution, there's a lot of war, there's a lot of hateful things going on, and it always seems like every time you know you turn on the t v there's something negative, it's never positive, and then not long after you see like these images of war and stuff. Then all of a sudden, ah, drink Pepsi. Yeah. That'll, that'll make you feel better. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And that not only is that a, a, a um, colonized viewpoint, but it's also a... a um, social control? Well, not social control. You know when people want to... Uh, 
Oh, trying to say market. There's a, oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. It's consumerism. Yeah. Right? Like, they mm-hmm. want you to buy. They want you to buy, 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 buy. And that's pretty much all anybody really seems to be concerned about is what can I get? What can I get out of this? Yeah. Like, if you really dig deep down inside, it's like, okay, what am I getting out of this? Whereas, you know, a traditional native a thought process would be, well, how can I help? Yeah. How can I serve? What can I do for you? Without ever saying, okay, this is what I want back. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Though. My turn? Go for it. <laughs> I, I love to think about critically thinking on how to decolonize my thinking. Sorry. I, um, a couple years ago, I had a conversation with a friend, and he... Um, instilled in me, I think, a really good belief about mental health and how to decolonize it because I was, uh, we'll say, down and out, just very upset, sad, depressed. And he then played me an audio recording of a very well-respected elder or a conversation that he was having with this elder. And he went on to um, just kind of break down the, I, I guess, colonized thinking, or like the shell of colonization around mental health in a way that um, it was really eye-opening. But then when you think about things like mental health, how it's so internal, it's so personal, and you're still thinking in a colonized way around that, it really goes a lot deeper than you might think. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. See, and that kind of goes along with what I was saying earlier. Like, that's the... Their way is not our way, mm-hmm. right? And so mm. their ways of healing won't be our ways of healing. Yeah. That's exactly what the audio recording I heard was about. Right on. No, I like that. That's really good. <clears throat> um, because, yeah, it wasn't until I came across sobriety that I began, I was, able, I was able to stay sober and begin to heal. There was those, those cultural teachings that really came into play. Uh, Capital K, as far as questioning everything, what are your thoughts? I think that's the norm, and especially going for social work, question everything. Yep, exactly. That's mm-hmm. what I was saying. Like, you know, like talking with other students and everything in my cohort, you know, just like, like we're going to be challenging a lot of different realms, you know, like education, police, you know, the medical, like, the advocacy for me has been really, it's been growing stronger and stronger, especially as my kids start to face and starting to like, starting to see some, I mean, not just my kids, but a lot of kids, you know, like we've seen it everywhere, especially these school-based stuff, that mental health is on the rise. It's like getting crazy. And um, I think trying to address it, let everybody know that there's something going on that's not good, you know, and I think getting back to a lot of your touch on it, their healing is like, it's, not working what they're doing and trying to get for me to really want to work to get the social work status and then get to start implementing and find a find my part and bring it back like cultural care paths and cultural healing to our to our young people yeah um and oh shoot there was something else i was gonna say let me think here it'll come back i'll let you go for it okay as far as questioning anything, you guys any anything else? Well, I question everything anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So true. there's that. Yeah, true that, true that. 
should question that those those physics and science books that you've been reading. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, there's there's it's all connected. Trust me, I've already went down that journey, and I won't I won't drag our listeners into that whole thing again. Have you ever heard that your thoughts create your reality? Mm-hmm. So then, thinking in a colonized way, you then go on to live in a colonized world mm. in colonized ways. Oh. I don't. Yeah. I, yeah, because yeah, thoughts become reality. Perception is reality. Mm-hmm. Yep. You perceive everything. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like, kind of like Psych 101, learn that you see the world on just like how you're feeling that day. If you're having a crappy day, the world's a shitty place to live in. If you're having a good day, you're feeling good. The world's an awesome place to be. And I, and I get that because if you're feeling anxious, then the world is a really scary place. Yeah. True that. True that. Um, so that next one was about values. And I, we touched on that already, but. <clears throat> I want to just, like, I look at my my peers, I guess, where I work, and it's like they're so focused on getting their slice of the pie. Um, and I've worked downtown here in non-Native Native organizations, and it's like everybody there is so focused on getting their slice of the pie, and they're like, fuck everybody else. <laughs> For real. Yeah, I got it. That, I got it. That's I got their it. mentality is yeah. like. If you're not on par with them and you're not chasing that money and you're not trying to get your slice of the pie, then forget you. Uh, and they see, then they turn around and look at uh, the street folks as like pests and rats that need to, that they need to get rid of. Because just because they're so focused on getting their slice of the pie. And so what I did was. I get in front of them and I present, do presentations and I tell them to put the humanity back into their interactions. And some of them like that dissonance, like they're just like, no, nobody's going to have my slice of the pie. No, you can just see it in them. They like shut down, they cross their arms and they're just glaring at me. Just that body language. Yeah. And so we know that we live in a universe of abundance, right? Mm hmm. And besides, I mean, like, if, okay, well, if we're talking about money, how much money do you really need? Right? If you mm-hmm. need a, uh, or if we're talking about a house, like how big does your house really have to be? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I get that. I see it all the time. And then, you know, like, there are people that I've worked with, um, they're always complaining. I was complaining about this, that, and the other, and, oh, I got to do this, and now they're making us do that, and blah, blah. But it's like I told you, like I said that, I said this once before, is like as soon as you go to work and you walk through that door, you know what the score is. Oh, yeah. Because you signed up for it. That's your job. And I, I know I'm, I'm honest with my supervisor. He says, okay, this is what we got to do. And I'm like, well, he says, it's my job, and I'll do it. I said, I don't really want to, but, I mean, I will. <laughs> You know, but but to hear that just constant like, oh man, blah blah blah, we gotta do this. Like, well, well, somebody's giving you money to do something, so you know, do it. Yeah, you signed up for you this. signed up for it, and I don't even know if that is going along with that same thought process that you had. But to me, like that that whole negative mentality of it, mm. right? Is, yeah. I, I think might might be more of a what I'm trying to get at, and it's the fact that, you know, like, I, I, everybody has bad days, 
but you know you you really it's really i mean you're affected by the people that you surround yourself with and you know some of those those people are negative all the time Mm. like you can't help but pick that up like that that negative energy but Mm. at the same time if you surround yourself with positive people and people that you enjoy being around and you can talk to and say you know uh maybe vent with and not really necessarily trying to be negative and oh the sky is falling yeah then that has the opposite effect right and so that being said everybody trying to you know take 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 rather than you know every once in a while I'm going to give you something I'll give you something that you didn't ask for that's why it's a gift I think that for me is more fulfilling than anything right like I like doing things for the people that I care about I just do that's what makes me feel I mean because you know I got to get up at five o'clock every morning but at the same time if my daughter comes and says can you feed me and I'm able to feed her then boom that's yeah that's what that's why I got up at five o'clock in the morning yeah so it's it wasn't it's never really I guess my point is being is not about me all the time. It eventually comes full circle. Yeah, it eventually comes full circle. Yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. So if we're talking about values, I believe that to be, I mean, obviously very personal. We all value different things, but I think you could take it a step further and then base what you value off of your definition of things. One thing I like asking people is, well, what's your definition of success? Do you see being wealthy as success? Like, I don't know, a six-figure job, a mansion, a BMW, is that success to you? Or is success, like, I don't know, I can relate to, you know, you're doing good for people because because that's why you do it. To me, that's what success is, is making impacts in people's lives. And then to take it a step further is what you guys were talking about, people's mindsets when they're at work and how it's all so negative and it's... It's all so evil. Like, why do we have to work just to survive in a world where we're not even happy? Then why why are you doing it? <laughs> yeah. Leave, then. Yeah. <laughs> There's the door. <laughs> go, go find something you I'll love and then do that. But so, okay, and here's the thing, too, though. Like, you can always, you, you, at any point, you can always change your, your perception. We were talking about perception. Oh. And we were talking about... Um, you know how we view things, how we view the world, but you can always change that. You can always change the way you think about something. So, like, if there's a situation that you don't like, there's t- there's three things you can do. Number one is you can change the situation. Number two, you can change the way you think about that situation, or number three, you can do nothing and just go on being miserable. And the easiest way to do any of that, I think, is to change the way you think about it. Absolutely. You can change the way you think about, okay, so this happened, and it could be negative. It could be a negative um, uh, circumstance, a negative event, whatever the case may be. And you can say, well, now I have to feel negative about it. But on the same, on the flip side of that coin, you can say, okay, this is what I can learn from it. This is how I can grow. This is how I can, you know. Avoid uh, it the next avoid time. Avoid it the next time. For sure. All that stuff. Yeah, definitely, and I totally agree with all that. 
That's uh, what Cabot okay, you there? Yeah, I was about to say, when everybody's saying go or leave, and I was a big go then and here. I hung up. <laughs> then you just went. <laughs> then you just went. <laughs> <laughs> then you just went. They thought you, uh, you thought, we thought, uh, you probably thought, uh, Josiah was talking to you and said, okay, then, and hung up. All right. <laughs> and say bye to this guy, then. Start with this guy. Start with this guy. <laughs> bye, Felicia. Boom. <laughs> bye, then. <laughs> bye, Felicia. <laughs> That's funny. What about values? Go ahead, Capital. I think they change over time. You know, it's like looking back, you, know, you can see like how the things I was looking at is kind of really like success. So like, all these little things you want that's kind of more materialistic, you know, but now it's just kind of the change, especially when I'm having children and, you know, but I think yeah. you take a really good look at back when a lot of us had talked about early recovery too, you know, like, um, uh, like, and kind of what I mentioned earlier, you kind of like the more you take a good look at yourself, like what, like we're talking about colonization here. So what are those values within colonization? What is, what exists in me, you know, but then as a recovering alcoholic, what values were driving me at that time? And, you know, a lot of it's more selfish, self-centered. Driven. Sorry, got my daughter here in the background. <laughs> but, That's uh, all good. Yeah, so but it I. all changes. Like, yeah, I, I think a lot of it, too, is like recovery. It's kind of keep it to the basics. There's some broader ones, and I think some values you can build on, let's say, like teamwork or giving back or things like that, you know, those, those lead to bigger values or gifts, I should say, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of the values over time, they, they come as gifts. You kind of, they appear, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, but like, but now, like say, just kind of looking at like what, you know, like for being the, or kind of backing up that woke thing too, like, you know, you kind of look at the values there, like, you know, like the first thing was, was you kind of like recovery. I, how do I, how am I interacting with people, like my relationships and everything. And I think a lot of it too, when you, I think the first thing I learned is like, I'm, I'm a jerk. I'm an asshole <laughs> yeah. in recovery. You know? Yeah. You start learning these things about yourself. And that's what, and I think that's what people are hard. I, I think are scared to look at as a society now. Like when they say, I mean, they, they quickly find the defense mechanism to Nyla, how they talk about, uh, there's always defense against woke. They tease it, you know, or talk back against it. Mm-hmm. Or have some defense to push back against when we're trying to, when some people are trying to push forward in a different direction in a positive way, you know? Yeah. And I think, I mean, even then as individuals, we look back at like for us, it's our defense is denial, you know? Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Denial all the way across. So. Yeah. No, it's just like, <clears throat> as you guys were talking, I started thinking back like, when I was coming up and uh, I valued like a college degree, I valued a career house car. But when I got all those things, it just fed into my ego. Um, and then that my ego was huge and that fed into my addiction. I started drinking again and I just like, I just told myself, like, I can do this. I can drink and have a career. I can drink and have a house and car, maintain all of that. I'm not weak like these other natives that succumb to addiction. And I just, like, fed me, like, fed that ego and drove me to that point where I was 
throwing it all away. And I had to change my value system. And when I got to the Red Road, I slowly started valuing other things, like people and valuing, like, the gifts that I have, developing those to help people, not to... um, not to drive my ego. And I, oh man, I keep going back to what she said is like, how do you, how do you define your values? Like, what does mm-hmm. that look like to you? Cause I think that would be the best jumping off point now that I think about it. Okay. So what do, how do I define success? Yeah. And, or how do I define, um, living right or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. But, you know, to, to start kind of really looking into it and saying, okay, well, because that's what we we have to do as addicts anyway, right? When we when we're first coming, when we're first starting out, we have to rethink everything. Yeah. Because I know, like, man, when I was in my addiction, I didn't value shit. Oh yeah. I did not. I didn't value myself. Mm-hmm. And that's where it all started. So how can I value the people that I love truly and honestly if I didn't value myself? And then that just kind of like that domino effect. Yeah. And just kept everybody in misery um but you know going forward like to and it kind of goes back to what uh capital was saying too about you know the when 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 they're talking about being woke you know there's a guy at work he's always teasing me so what are you one of those woke people and i woke man i was never asleep But, um, you know, so, but, you know, those defense mechanisms that they use to defend that, to defend their quote unquote values and how they think of it. Because when we, if you say, well, okay, we value honesty and and there's a lot of people that are, you know, um, supporting, uh, individual former president who was not the most honest person. Uh Uh-huh. Right, and they're like really dug into the ground on I mean they're just they're they're not gonna budge, yeah, and this person is not the most honest person, and they keep moving that goalpost, they keep moving that line, okay well well he did, he did this, but but he was framed, <laughs> or you know, yeah, yeah, well, he said this about um assaulting women, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. but you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm, so I think it just goes back to what um. Capital was saying and Leilani too about a defining those values and and b checking yourself on your own defense mechanisms mm-hmm. because that's I mean look, if we're gonna change the world we have to start within ourselves but I'm always I'm always like a, a the biggest cheerleader of those people who are willing to try yeah who are willing to say okay even if I have to take one baby step at a time. Even if I'm crawling before I can walk, as long as you're moving forward, as long as you're putting in that effort, and eventually, you know, you'll you'll get to the point where, um, I'm not gonna say, you know, because we're always gonna be working on ourselves. I think we're always gonna be trying to improve, but it'll get to that point where you don't have to live in that misery and you don't have to live in that, in that self-loathing or you know whatever the case may be for every individual person like where you see that inner progress yeah where you see that inner progress even if it's just a little bit even if you got to compare yourself from from uh five minutes ago like there are times when 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 i was 
just now starting out thinking, man, I don't think I'm going to make it to today. I just want to give up. I just want to quit. This is too much. This is too hard. Mm -hmm. But then saying, okay, well, you know what? Let me just get through this thing right here in front of me. Yeah. And then taking that step. And then later on, you know, get to the end of the day. And I was like, wow, I made it. Shit, yeah, let's do it again. But, you know, you got to make that progress. You got to strive for that progress, even if it's just a little bit at a time. Because every journey, a journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. Yes, sir. Definitely. And I wanted to read this. Um, <clears throat> one of these last paragraphs is from, if you swipe to the right, it says, uh, what's about? It's a different blog. <laughs> or click to the right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So it says decolonizing means first understanding how the effects of colonization have socialized us and then taking steps to learn what it would mean to think, relate, speak, learn, and simply exist without these effects. It means questioning nearly everything we are taught and and assume to be true, even things like space and time. It is a combination of education and practice and it will be a lifelong journey. <clears throat> and I think, like, um, for me, you know, those values, those things that I value, I don't want it to be what mainstream society values. Because, like, what mainstream society, what the, what the people that are in control, they want us to stay in fear and consume. We mentioned that already. So I don't want to be afraid, and I don't want to continue consuming. Um. I want to be woke. I want to be on that journey to decolonize myself, decolonize my mind, my actions. Um, I think it just starts very simply, like um, like in recovery. Just keep it simple. What can I do today to not act out in my colonized mind? How can I respond to situations, people, circumstances? How can I place the humanity back into my interactions today? Now it's opened up to y'all. And I, I like that, uh, first of all, that space and time thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there are things, I mean, like, just the way we, we, we try to think of uh, space and time, there are things that transcend that space and time the way we can think of it, the way we have it in our minds. Mm-hmm. Um, I was explaining this to a good friend of mine about how a molecule on one end of the universe can react a certain way and the same type of molecule on the other end of the universe will react the same way. If that makes any sense, you know, like that vibration and the way they're moving and stuff. So they're basically connected through all of that quote-unquote space. And... Time, as we know, is relative. In other words, the best way to think of it is when you're enjoying yourself, time flies. But when you're not enjoying yourself, time drags on. Right? It just seems like an hour takes like three days sometimes. Whereas you're enjoying yourself, it's like, man, time just goes boom. There's not enough of it. And so um, that I think that colonized thinking, as far as that goes... Um, I've I've been challenging that from day one, like just space and time, because it goes back to that all that physics stuff. But again, I there's I think there's that connection to that spiritual side. I think they're 
go hand in hand. I just haven't quite figured it out yet. I'm not smart enough to even try to explain it. But to change the way, and you know, you don't want to really, to challenge yourself and not be in that colonized thinking has to go with everything. And I think for indigenous people, um, anything, anything, any type of behavior or any type of thinking or any way of living life that genuinely isn't, that hurts you. So we can say, okay, we, we got the, the drugs and the alcohol and, and the violence and, and, you know, um, we get into this mentality of take, 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 take. Then I think you're not, you know, you have to rethink that. I mean, I have to rethink that when I'm, when I start getting into that mindset as I was in the past. And then wonder what's the flip side of that? Okay, the flip side of it is, you know, being loving, being kind, being caring, being empathetic, um, being of service, trying to help others, being there for people. Um, and that all starts really too, for me, is, is, is loving yourself. And having that positive self-image. And sometimes for us, man, that especially as addicts, that's really hard. That's a really hard thing to do because of the things that we've been through and the things that we've done and the things that we've put our loved ones through. It's really hard to have that positive self-image. But it's not impossible. No. Right? And, and you know, Randy's always telling us, you know, to have a relationship with your higher power, like a relationship not just like somebody you can go up to and say, okay, well, I got myself into trouble, so now can you get me out? Not that kind of thing. No, just to have that constant commune with your higher power saying, you know, this is who I am, this is how I'm feeling, you know, and thank you for, you know, having gratitude, gratitude for even the smallest things and really thinking back, say, hey, like I was talking to my, when I got my hair done the other day, I was talking to my sister and she said, well, she goes, you woke up this morning, didn't you? <laughs> oh, just sassy. just like that you know and you know thumper too man how she thought she was like well, you, well you woke up this morning didn't you and i'm like yeah i guess so <laughs> but yeah i guess so but you know things like that <laughs> i mean and then sometimes it takes somebody to put you a check like that man like yeah i did wake up this morning you're right but to have that gratitude but um like but i mean basically what I, all i'm really trying to say is to really challenge yourself as an individual and to say, okay, this is the one way that I've been thinking. Now I got to change it to have that more holistic and, and positive and growth approach Mm -hmm. and not limit yourself. Don't you, man, I just, you can't limit yourself to anything and you can't let your past be your barometer for your future. Like that's just not the way it's going to work. Otherwise, like she said, too, um, you know, you can basically think yourself into a reality. Oh, yeah. So think yourself into a positive one. That's it, It's kind of tough at first because, you know, it's the way our, our brains are wired. But you can always, you know, rewire it. It's called neuroplasticity. Uh-huh. I feel like you can't begin. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can't begin to decolonize your thinking without also opening up your mind to, and not to be a negative Nancy, but, but 
the bad side of that. Because everything isn't so positive all the time, you know, as mm, much as yeah. you sit and listen to your elders talk about traditions and stories and language even, you should also probably sit and listen to what they may have gone through, through residential schools or even in their early childhood, mm. not being allowed to, you know, practice their culture. And as a, a as a Native American woman, it's really scary to just kind of walk down the street, yeah. especially in Montana, mm. considering the the statistics of human trafficking in in Montana. Mm. But I think that I don't know believing you're safe because there's probably a cop around the corner is probably also a colonized way of thinking. Yeah, I it's kind of naive, right? Yeah. yeah. You can't not learn the true histories, you know, the genocide, the atrocities committed against our people while you're decolonizing your thinking. Because mm-hmm. you don't learn that in the history books. You you learn that, I don't know, colonizers are here, settlizers, not settlizers. <laughs> new word. <laughs> That's new word. We're going with it. We're going to okay, run with okay. it. You heard nope. it here first. Don't be a settlizer. <laughs> Do not be a settlizer. <laughs> um, when settlizers, we'll say, came, you hear, okay, well, yeah, there was a war, but the Native Americans lost, and now we're here. Yeah. But that's not all there is to the story. And I don't mean to, I guess, present it in such a negative way, but you cannot have like a really good, wholesome, what did you say, holistic, like yeah. positive worldview without knowing the world of negativity that is also there. You cannot have the good without the bad. There has to be a balance to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get that. That's that's true too. I mean, because I'm like, okay, so I was reading this book, and it basically saying that it's not good or bad. Like, how do we measure that? They're both the same thing, mm-hmm. but the end result, right? That's what separates them. Yeah. So there's that the things that happened to us before and then there's the the things that we're going through now and she's right you can't have one without the other because uh-huh. that's how we have to heal mm-hmm. you can't do so if i cut my arm i can't just ignore it and say okay well you know what it'll heal eventually and i, I still got another good arm over here like, yeah. oh no that didn't hurt too bad that didn't hurt too bad yeah but yeah. you know you got to tend to that wound mm. And then heal and then, you know, grow from there and say, okay, see what this scar is? You see what this represents? Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's man, that's a good point. She that she brought up a really good point. Yeah, definitely. Uh, got to have, just, there's always that flip side of the coin. Definitely got to, and then that goes back to like what you're saying too. When you do these land acknowledgements, go all the way. Go all in. Yes, exactly. So like, this is the traditional homeland of whatever, whoever, whatever tribe. That we stole the land from and put them on reservations, stole their children, put them in boarding schools, and then gave them um, government whiskey with their rations, introduced addiction to them, and then they came back and tried to raise families under all this brokenness. Go all in. Go all in. Tell the whole thing. Yep. Uh, Capital K, you still with us? Yep. 
<laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Don't, fire away, man. You don't be a satellizer. Don't be a satellizer. Go ahead. Take it away. <laughs> Got my diet Dr. Pepper. My honey brought me. Hey, hey, hey. where's Pretty ours? <laughs> At the store. At the store. <laughs> you guys don't drink pop. You guys drink those drinks. What do you call them? Energy the, drinks? The teas. The teas. Oh, wait. Yeah. Never mind. I got that wrong. No, so, I was just kind of thinking along like what we we're talking about with, uh, you know, like first thing that comes to mind, like how do we see this in ourselves? Like how do we move forward? Like how do we learn all that? You know, like what it is to mean to think, relate, speak, learn, simply exist. Like that's what it means to be colonized, you know, and now I think back to whether it's the, the Wild Variety, the book, or, you know, the big book, whichever one, you know, the self-inventory, you know, we have to see, I don't know what to fix if I don't know what's wrong with me, you know? Yeah. And a lot of the stuff we're talking about, we talk about values, but then I think one of the first things we kind of discover, like in the moral inventory, like the step four work, you know, is all these things that got us to where we're at at that point in life, you know? Yeah. And I kind of look at like, our communities, you know, let's just say our tribal governments, not all of them, but some of them, some are run good, some are run bad, depends on that person's values. But like, even on the individual level, you, you see how dishonesty, greed, um, manipulation, attention, getting selfishness, you know, all that stuff where it gets us, you know, as an individual. So imagine it just as a community level, that's just, you know, and that's, I think that's what we're talking is like how some of our, not everybody, but some of the people in our communities that stick as a whole, as a group, you know? Yeah. And now, like, I think what I want to come out of this too is like, I wonder if there's actual, like, so we do it in the form of coming out of our addictions with our alcohol, drug, but I wonder if there's a way now if someone's done it, and I'm sure someone has, especially the way uh, it's becoming such a huge topic with historical trauma and the education and coming out of it is, is there a way to do an actual like moral inventory in the form of, or in the realm of decolonization or how colonization, how, how it's, how it's in your life, you know? Yeah. I think that'd be an interesting, and I'm, I'd have to think someone's done it, but this is kind of what, what kind of sparked my idea, you know, is that the, as we grow with this group we got going here online or this podcast, you know, it's just sparking some creativity, but I wouldn't be surprised if someone's done it already, at least started to think it in the, professional or uh, university settings, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> and I think there is, like, um, JC was talking about this, um, like, there's this passage in our couple pages in the Wellbriety book where it talks about what society values, like today's society, um, or what, <clears throat> yeah, what society values and then what are, what were our historical values, like society values self and then we're historically we um, value community and so on and so forth. And there's like a list and it goes side by side comparison. That's in the well Brighty book, right, JC? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's in there. Um, so I think that'd be a good jump off point to what you're talking about. Capital, capital K. Um, start there and maybe even update that list as far as like what people value here today. Um, and as you guys were all talking, I was reminded of, I used to work out here in the downtown streets with two police officers and seeing the mentality about the people on the streets. They're like, where's the tribal governments? Where's the tribal programs? Why aren't they out here helping their people? And I was shocked 
to hear that coming from prominent um, members of the downtown community here in Bellings. I was kind of like, huh. I was like, they see this as our problem. They see this like we should come and fix this when it's their society, their colonization that produces homeless people. Historically, our tribes, our tribal people in that nomadic life, we didn't have homeless people. But then they want to put the blame back on the tribes as a whole that our members are out here on the street. When it's their society, their chasing of their dream, that American slice of the American dream that's producing homeless people. But they want to put the blame on us. And I was like shocked by that. Yeah, I agree with that, man. I mean, I was just thinking about that too, like you're saying like the effects of marginalization and just kind of focusing on the minority groups and all that, like there's the problems there, but then so let's say I work in kind of studying the school-based stuff, you know, and I just realized that, I mean, natives are a small population here, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. it's a big team, but how much of a lot of these, let's call them social determinants exist across the board and just society in general, you know? Yeah it's widespread and like I said, to have that type of thinking, it's just, well, like I said, it comes with the education, comes with the, comes with a lot of things, you know, but just, but starting to, I think, talk more about these symptoms we start to see. And then now like, okay, now just find the audience and the people to do it. And I think that's what kind of drove me to social work. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> you got your uh, background. Yeah. Lots of, <laughs> it's got lots to say. Yeah, your comic relief there in the background. Yeah, right on. So, any closing words on colonization? There's definitely a topic we'll come back to in future episodes. Uh, we'll, we'll call this one part one. Yeah, I I got to be honest. I held back a lot because I was kind of about to go off. But I know I was about to go off on you. I know. <laughs> Just kidding. But uh, I know. <laughs> Oh, shoot, I lost my train of thought there for a second. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, just you, you got to start with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and obviously the there's some some things you start off with is number one is you give, give yourself grace. Oh, yeah. You know, allow yourself to forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Um, and then, you know, um, always know that you have what it takes within you, within you to succeed. Mm. And any kind of mentality or any kind of, uh, you know, we're talking about that colonized mind, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of mentality that you have. You can always change it, but you got to work. You got to put in that work and you got to challenge those thoughts. Mm-hmm. You got to challenge. And man, she, I keep going back to what she said earlier. It was like, okay, what the define that? Yeah define what that means to you Mm. and be honest. And then if it doesn't kind of add up to where you want to be, then change it. Yeah. Right. So, um, align with your truth, align with your truth, Mm. that inner truth, that truth that you know is, doesn't come from the outside world, but from within. Yeah. And, you know, and, um, yeah. So, and give other people grace, give other people forgiveness do that. Even if you have to do it every day, forgiveness isn't like a one-time thing a lot of times. 
something oh, yeah. that we have to do a lot over and over sometimes. But, you know, grace and forgiveness and love were given to us freely. So give it to yourself and give it to others freely. Amen. I think it's important to, excuse me, I think it's important to step out of the box that was built for you. Mm. And then, I don't know, once you're out, stay out of it. Don't build another (laughs) box to step back into. Don't put yourself back in the box. Exactly. I like that. That's that's good. I like that. That's really good. Very simple. Capital K, closing thoughts. No, I think I am just, no, it's a great topic. Been covering a lot of it. My education recently, it's been a really good eye opener. And I think bringing personal perspective to the coursework I'm at, yeah, it's been really well received and well needed. They said, especially at a predominantly white Catholic private school, you know, yeah, and really glad to be there. Um, and I think a lot of people are happy to have me there. And it's, I know it's something at least, at least for social work perspective, they really want to bring that to Helena, you know, at least in their educational setting and expand upon it. So that's cool, man. Tell them to bring us out. Us four will sit up on the stage and do a talk on decolonization. Yeah. yeah. yeah I told them about that. Yeah. I thought they're open. They're open-minded to a lot of things right now. At least, and then like said, we we're also kind of working on like, they said it one through this day that they want as like a, a cohort for a second year. They want, to bring to attention to the administration leadership at the school of recognizing Indigenous Peoples Day. Yeah. Yep. So that's one of the things. And I was just like, "Oh, you guys get ready to rock the boat here," because it, <laughs> it's that's not even our not even our state has done it. So you know, yeah, technically, local governments and all that, but the city of Helena has recognized it. Like saying, as far as the university stuff goes, but I think there's a lot of a lot of kids are a lot of the students are for the most part are I think behind it, you know. But yeah, right but, yeah but a lot of, been good, been good conversation. Yeah. Oh, I'm all down for that. That social justice and rocking the boat. So just let me know. Coyote yep. right. can. I'll grab my aim flag and I'll come up there. <laughs> 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 We've actually had aim in Helena before in my tenure, and those guys kind of freaked me out. Now, really? I get. I, I, but they were pretty hardcore, man. They were, oh yeah, man. They're, they're they're militant, very militant. <clears throat> right on. Uh, give me some air horns. Let's change the mood in here, or some something. Hey, ha, 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 hey, hey. <laughs> right on, right on. Hey, uh, oh, I was gonna ask you something. Oh, Capital K, talk about. Talk about our website, what you've been working on, and how people can get a hold of you if they if oh, yeah, they, if they email, want your services. Yeah, email me and just what do you call it? But yeah, so hopefully we get together. We'll talk more about the at least get with the boys and at least. I mean, I could definitely show you guys how to manage some of these things yourself. Um, or at least, but send me updates. But I think just getting together and finalize some things. But yeah, no, I'm excited about it. Um, can't wait to get the RSS feed ready to. When you guys do, or every time a podcast is done, start streaming from the website too, you know? So that'd be an option right there. Just oh, go man. straight to our website, push play. Heck and yeah. Do you guys, 
rock it away. But yeah, no, we'll talk more about it. Like I said, once we get the thing and just get our heads all together in one spot, pull it up on a big screen and we'll do some magic. For sure. Um, no, I just wanted to tell you, I just wanted you to tell the listeners, did you want to open that up and see if people wanted to help if you want, they want to seek your services. Are you open for oh. that right now? Not right now. Oh, not right more. now. Coming down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just with fine tune this one and all that, but yeah. Oh, so where are your guinea pigs? Yeah. No, all I've right. done them before. You're not the first. <laughs> You're not the last. <laughs> okay, Bob. <laughs> not my first or my Life last. Or my last. <laughs> How's Helena? It's good. Hot today. Warm one. Sunny. Beautiful day. I know, man. I was pissed. I was like, man, I was loving that cool 60, 50 degree weather. And then it was like 90 today. I was like, come on, man. <laughs> so I, can't wear my, I can't wear my hoodie today. <laughs> you pull out your FUBU winter gear? <laughs> yeah, I was ready to go, man. <laughs> my Timberlands, FUBU pants. I was going to tease JC when he was talking about the time going slow and everything. And I was going to say, I think that only happens in Bapwa. Yeah. <laughs> it's a time warp. <laughs> yeah. You lose, well, you lose all concept of time once you leave the city and head to the res. I do. Yeah, cross the res line. Yeah. Cross, cross that res line and I lose all concept of time. Well, everything goes out as soon as you cross that line anyway. Your phone, <laughs> yeah. radio reception, <laughs> <laughs> everything. It's just just you and your thoughts. Right on. So we good? Yeah, we're good. All right, cool, man. So I think that's a good place to end this episode. And to all our listeners out there on Flat Earth, we love you. We appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in to our Unspoken Words disciples. Keep spreading Unspoken Words gospel, Billy Graham style. (laughs) Hey. Special thanks to our drop-in guest this evening you did really well yeah miss leilani beaumont we'll definitely have you back yes you were very profound i like your thoughts on a lot of that stuff so Mm -hmm. thank you i'd like to quickly remind the people to not be a satellizer (laughs) satellizer no satellizing no satellizations (laughs) henceforth henceforth all right all right peace Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk. Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk.